You're listening to the Reality Steve Podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's covering everything about Rachel's upcoming season of The Bachelorette. Now, the man with all your spoilers and behind-the-scenes juice in Bachelor Nation, here's Reality Steve. Welcome, everybody, to podcast number 22. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm your host, Reality Steve. And finally, finally, we get to hear from this week's guest. Hey, it wasn't her fault, but uh, some things popped up within the franchise that I figured needed some immediate attention the last couple weeks, so I adjusted the schedule accordingly. Our guest this week, Ashley Frazier, couldn't have been more gracious in getting pushed back for, for two weeks, but she is here today. She was the third-place finisher on Sean Lowe's season. Also, you saw her on the first season of Bachelor in Paradise. But most importantly, she is most recently married. Hasn't even been, or it's been around a month, I believe. It's Ashley Frazier. Ashley, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, let me get the date right on the wedding. When, how long has it been? Around a month? It's been one month today. One so month today. I, you're doing <laughs> this on your one month anniversary. How about yeah. that? Well, you should have been doing this two weeks ago, but that's my fault, as we as we said. Um, so let's uh, let's start at the beginning with you. Let's go all the way back to Sean's season. You were on Sean's season, as we know. Tell us how that all came about. Like, how did you get cast? And were you one that that signed on because you knew it was Sean, or what happened with your casting process? You were set to be on the show, and then you found out Sean was the Bachelor. Um, so I originally got on through a girlfriend who submitted a letter with a picture of her daughter and myself in, and, um, I guess she did it from what I remember. It wasn't very many days later and I got a phone call from casting and it's kind of all history from there. I wasn't sure if they were serious or not when they called and, um, I thought, well, I really have nothing going on. Why not try it? And um, once I kind of did a little bit of research on who was The Bachelor because they didn't know who it was, and I don't think it was announced at that point. And then when I realized it might have been Sean and then found out it was, I was like, yeah, I'm in. He seems like a really good guy. He's from Texas, so why not give this a shot? So once the season started, I think it was known pretty early that you were you were a front runner. Uh, from the get-go. I mean, did you think you were or did you feel like you were or were you one of these people? Like I've had a lot of former contestants on who all seem to say the same thing. Like I thought I was going home the first night and they all lasted, oh, wow. you know, really long. But I mean, what were your feelings while you were there in the house? Well, it didn't take long for me to realize I was a little bit different than everybody else. I mean, we had a lot of tomboys. We had girls, you know, I was by far the girliest girl along with Selma. Um, and so I knew I was different in that sense that I was really into fashion. I was into my hair. I was into the makeup and I wanted to look good and um, like physically look good. And so I knew I was different in that sense. And, you know, just the joking and the types of joking that went on, I knew that you could just tell I was older, you know, <laughs> I was older than the other girl. So how old were you when you did the show? I was 32. Okay, you were 32 when you did it. Yeah, so that, but I mean. But birthday, I was there, so it was 32, 33. Okay, so knowing how The Bachelor works and knowing the types of women that they cast and the age group that they cast, 
the age group on Bachelor is usually 25 to 27 range. And here you are, 32. I don't remember many. Uh, there probably weren't more than three or four girls on your season that were in their, their 30s. Um, do you remember? Who was Steve, it never age? crossed my mind. The age thing, I, and I couldn't even tell you. Um, I think some and I might have been the oldest in okay. my season, but that was not a thing for us. You know, I, I don't know. I guess maybe I didn't pay that close attention in the previous seasons to really know what the age group was. Yeah, you know, I, I figured I, if they wanted me, I was in an age group, right? <laughs> yeah, I actually had a fan that actually – took the time to go through every cast list of every bachelor season and just do the names and ages of everybody. So we could get a mean median and a mode of what are the age ranges of every bachelor season and literally outside of Byron season, who was a 40 year old bachelor. um, It's the, the mean, the, the average age of a bachelor contestant, which is a female is like 25 or 26. And that's you out of 25 or 30 girls cast every season. So if you're in your 30s, you are an outlier without a doubt. Well, here's the thing. I think the reason they do that is because as you get older, you get wiser. Yeah. And you're not so easily manipulated, swayed (laughs) into certain answers or feeling certain ways. You know yourself a little better. So that makes sense. And, you know, kudos to them for figuring that out, you know? Yeah. I mean, they put it this way. We're, We're over 15 years in now of this show being on the air. We're approaching Rachel's season, I believe, is 30. Let's see, Nick was 21, and she's bachelor number 13. So we're 34 seasons now when Rachel's season begins. I mean, they know what they're doing. We, we they know, know what they're doing. Yeah, we and know they know what they're doing. Ratings don't go down. So. Yeah. Um, up, so. Who did you – was Selma your best friend in the house? Who did you connect with the oh, most yeah. in the house? Selma? Yeah, it was definitely Sel- Selma and I together. So when the – everything got going – you had an early one-on-one date uh, with Sean at Magic Mountain with two special girls named Bree and Emily. Tell us more about just them in general and, and that day alone experiencing that with two less fortunate girls as yourself. Right. Um, you know, that was a really special, unique day. Um, it was great to spend time with someone that uh, you basically – impact, right? And it just goes to show the kind of person that Sean was that he picked me for that date and that he would want to go on that date and that that would be something important to him because he does get some sort of say in what the dates are. And so um, that just goes to show the kind of person he was and is to want to do something for someone that I guess the whole point of that day was to get the two girls to meet. They had been best friends. And on that date, it was a surprise for them to get to go to Magic Mountain and spend the day together and finally get to meet in person because they had only been internet friends. That's right. That's right. Now you're refreshing my memory on that. I remember because I was like, wait, why were there two girls? I don't get it. But yeah, yeah, that's right. They met on the show. Um, And that was really, that was really, really neat. I love that. Now, have you heard from them? Have you kept in touch with with them since the show? I mean, this was four or five years ago. Right. Yeah. Um, I've talked to Bree uh, periodically. You know, we check on each other here and there. I have not spoken to Emily in quite a while, but Bree and I, in fact, um, she sent me a congratulatory message um, for my wedding and we 
we've chatted a little bit back and forth um, based on that. And she's got some really cool things going on, a nonprofit that she's working on, which is really neat to hear and to watch her blossom and grow as a young lady. Very cool. Um, when you get back from that date, so I want to say that was in episode two or three. It might have been four. I, I, I you know it was early. You guys were still in L.A. Because you guys on your season did four episodes in L.A. Then you went Montana for episode five, Canada episode six, St. Lucia for episode seven before hometowns. But before, I guess in the early stages, I guess maybe around episodes three, four, and five, what was the vibe in the house amongst the girls? Like, who were the girls talking about did they think were the favorites? Um, okay, well, I will say something about our season that I feel like didn't doesn't really happen too often is we all really had a good group of girls and we're just under this, this obvious cloud that we wouldn't brag or talk about our dates or, um, you know, besides what production really wants you to talk about, yeah. um, we didn't really get into it. And so unless production <laughs> prompted us or pushed us to talk about it, we didn't. And so we, you, you're kind of just left to your own thoughts and who you think is going to make it or who you want to make it or, um, you know, there were conversations from time to time when we would all be sitting out by the pool and some of the girls would say, oh, well, I'm not a strong Christian and I don't think that that matters to Sean. Well, if we all know anything about Sean, that is important to him. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of cancel that person out, you know, quickly. Um, you know, there's just things like that that happen and, and but again, you know, we were all so respectful of one another and that was never really a talk. I mean, at least that I had with any of the girls. Um, besides Selma and I were like, oh, I want you to make it. And then she's like, I want you to make it. And, <laughs> you know, we kind of wanted to make it to the end together for whatever reason. So when you got back from your date at Magic Mountain, was there any, I don't know, jealousy? Was there talk? Would Did you tell everybody what you did or was it you guys all kept to so, each other? Here's something I've actually never said before in an interview or to anyone Oh, is that whenever I got back from my date, um, Selma had waited up for me and everyone else was asleep. And it was one of the producers and I, in, um, I went through my interview, you go, so you go on the date and then you get interviewed after. And I remember going upstairs and mine and Selma's stuff was all, you know, we had pretty much taken over this closet. And so I was sitting in the closet, kind of picking out my clothes for the next day. And one of the producers came in, I was unmiked and she was like asking how it went. And I was like, he's not the one. And she was like, what is wrong? What do you mean? What are you kidding me? And I was like, you know, he's just, I just, there was something lacking. And you got to remember, this was early on in the season. So yeah. I hadn't really spent a lot of time with him. You know, there were just some things that as a woman, if I'm going to go on a date with a man that I just have expectations for, open my car door. If people come around that I don't know, you introduce me properly. Um, and there were these things like that on our date that had been missing. And, you know, he had all these jokes and inside, um, things with producers and he never really included me in on it. And it felt weird. It was really awkward. And I was like, well, maybe this is him. 
I get that a lot when I go out on dates with guys is they just don't know what to do sometimes. And that, so I talked <laughs> it up to, well, maybe this guy is just kind of awkward around me or uh, doesn't really know what to do with me. So um, whether it's intimidation or they think I'm pretty or whatever it may be, you know, there's always that, you know, guy wanting to be the leader, but then you have a strong personality and a girl and, you know, there's those weird dynamics that can happen. And so, um, yeah, when I got back, I told her, I said, he's not the one. And she was like, you have to stay. You have... And I'm sure she went back to everybody else and was like, Ashley's, you know, having these thoughts, let's reel her in. And of course they did. And I ended up falling for him and, you know, really liking him a lot. And, um, so did you want to leave everything... after that date? Did you say like, Hey, I'm, I'm... that didn't go great. No, I want to leave. I was just very uncomfortable. I okay. felt as if like. Maybe I can get it. I wasn't really sure. I wanted to like him because he had so many things on paper that I liked. But then when we were together in person, it was it was it didn't feel right. And so, no, she immediately hopped on to production to producing mode and convinced me otherwise. And then the next day came back and checked on me. And and then, you know, some of the other producers were like, oh, well, I heard him say this in an interview and you know, you're going to go far. I know he really likes you. And then you, you believe it. Right. And so, yeah. um, so and then I eventually fell under the whole bachelor spell, but, yeah. but that did happen. Okay. Did happen. I've well, never really mentioned that. Well, we'll, uh, we'll get back to you and your storyline in a second, but one of the biggest names from your season and we'll go down and one of the top five quote unquote villains that the show has ever had was Tierra super villain of your season. It's it's been so long that, that things may be a little fuzzy uh in in my mind and trying to remember back to everything okay. that she did and said. But one thing that sticks out is her episode of falling down the stairs. Like oh, yeah. we're, we're, that was, we're, wasn't we're, that the day before my day that was the day I can't remember when it happened. I just remember yeah, it did. That happened. But, yeah, I remember it was the day we went to Magic Mountain, I think. It, oh, so it was that morning before he came over. I think so. Or, or as he was. Okay, so right now we're in the trust tree, me and you, Ashley, and millions of listeners. So I'm putting you, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. Number one, did you see Tierra fall down the stairs and hurt her neck? And if you didn't, knowing everything you know now, do you think it legitimately happened? Um. No one saw her fall down the stairs, okay, uh, including cameras, coincidentally. Yeah. And uh, do I believe – I think she probably tripped and was like, oh, let me play this up. Okay. I'm sure something happened. I would like to believe something happened. To that extreme, no. Like where she took a giant tumble Donna Martin oh, style down the stairs. No. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no. no okay. Not. So you had, I think – once you started traveling, obviously you got St. Lucia was the last location before hometown dates started. And I remember Tierra had a one-on-one and you had a one-on-one. You both had one in St. Lucia, but then you guys had a blowout or you had an argument or a disagreement. Can you, can you remember, do you remember what that was all about? And I remember it being pretty tense if I remember correctly. Yeah. I think it was about I had told or Sean had asked me and I guess she had found out somehow. Maybe he told her or 
production or something, but she had confronted me about telling Sean something. And what I told him wasn't really even anything because he had asked. And I just said, you know, who you get is different than who she is in the house. And that if you watch the show, you know, that's every season. And, um, And she was just the cream of the crop for that story plot. So, um, I guess she had gotten wind of it and was upset and wanted to confront me about it. And, you know, I just pretty much from what I remember, just thought, well, he asked and I told him, and that's, if you have a problem with it, other than that, that's kind of between you two, you know? Um, and if I, I, if I remember correctly, now that you tell that story, I don't know why I remember this, but I, I think I remember it because it was in the season preview of like, hey, what to expect this season. And I remember you and Sean, the day portion of your date in St. Lucia, you guys were on a beach. And I think that's where you utter the phrase like you can't trust her or, you know, she's she's not the person she is to you that she is to us and something like yeah. that. I think that's yeah. when you said it was on your Yeah, on that is when I told him. Yeah. And it I don't remember when the confrontation happened that day or the next day or days later. I don't know. But um, that's the thing is with with her is I tried to really be her friend and her and I were friends from the very beginning. And I think that that's why Sean trusted me to ask me is because he knew you were friends. He knew we were friends. And I kept telling her when she walks in a room and other people say good morning to you girlfriend, you got to say good morning. It comes across really rude if you don't. And she goes, well, that's not how I am. I said, but you have to pretend for this sake, pretend. And I kept warning her and I kept telling her because she was my friend and I kind of liked the girl. I mean, I kind of, I was hearing the whispers and I was trying to protect this girl who I thought was really sweet and really pretty and could probably go really far with Sean. And, um, and you know, I mean, I don't know. I just felt like she kind of needed to just be a little bit friendlier to the girls and she just refused it. And she wasn't like Courtney on Ben's season. She wasn't really funny with her jive and her little way about her, you know, like Courtney's really funny. And if you don't get it, then that's your problem. You know, she was serious about being kind of rude yeah, and I think something like that, like saying hi to somebody and not responding or ignoring it and saying, well, that's not, that's not me. It's like, yeah, Tira, you just don't get it. Because on this show, yeah. that's going to be multiplied, magnified by a thousand percent because right. you automatically now have a target on your back because you're not friendly with people. And, you know, you've got every season we see the same thing. This girl's not here to make friends. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here for Sean, or I'm here for Ben, or I'm here for Nick. It's just I get it, but why yeah. can't you do both? What's exactly. the problem with doing both? Yeah, exactly. There's nothing. She's not. You don't have to go out of your way when someone says good morning to you right. <laughs> to acknowledge them yeah. or or say and something. Back. Multiple things like that. I can't remember. People would ask her questions, and she would walk out of the room. <laughs> it's like wow. <laughs> okay, is this real life? Again, this is why they cast that age group because that age group doesn't know how to handle that you know that age group you know you're you're, you just don't know yet you know and then you get into your mid 30s or 32 34 35 you start to figure out 
relationships and how to deal with them and what works and what doesn't. And when you're young, you just, I mean, no offense, you just don't know. And it's life that happens. It's like asking a four-year-old how to handle an adult situation. They just don't know. And it's no offense. It's, they don't. And, and I don't, so. I don't necessarily want to stick up for Tierra here or anything like that, but considering how polarizing a figure she was on your season, and we've seen villains mm-hmm. every season on this show come and go. We see them all the time. Tierra has literally dropped off the face of the earth since that franchise. Like, never did Pad, never did Bachelor in Paradise. Um, we don't oh get we, we don't what get updates about her. Bachelor in Paradise. I mean, what if she did? It's just been it's oh so God, weird because be so, somebody. I would, go for I would root for her. <laughs> you know, because I mean, somebody somebody that important like she has been to the franchise in terms of just a polarizing figure, and they have no problems using those girls who have been quote unquote villains and putting them on paradise. It's amazing. Like I never hear, I mean, I'm about as dial into this franchise as you can get. Like I, I hear stuff all the time about people. I literally have not heard word one about Tierra since she left her her show choice to be honest. I'm sure that they've gone after her and have wanted her, but she was humiliated and she was mortified by what happened. And then to come back at finale or women tell all with a ring and fake a, an engagement. Oh, yeah, that, oh, I mean, you mortify yourself. Why would she ever go back and go through that again? I get it. I don't blame her. That's right. That was the whole, that was the one thing that she's done post show is like when the show was airing and after she was eliminated in St. Lucia and it was airing, all this stuff started kind of popping up on social media of she's taking pictures of her with a ring on. And then she's talking about this, engagement but we never see a picture of the guy or her with him yeah. and then all of a sudden the engagement and it was just but ever since that ended yeah nothing from this girl yeah and it's been four or five years like i haven't even does this girl have an instagram account does she have a twitter account like no everybody stays connected up, somehow you know? yeah it's like yeah. everybody stays connected somehow and keeps their name out there to do something whether it's to pitch product or just to 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 relate with other people from the franchise. This girl is literally gonzo. Like no idea yeah. where she is. No idea. Yeah, and it's surprising because she's so I'm sure she's well around. Known. Oh yeah. I'm sure around. I mean, I'm sure she's still living and in, in the States yeah. and I'm sure she's still breathing. Yeah. But yeah, just <laughs> so Colorado, weird. Colorado, not where she's from. Yeah. I, or I thought it was Vegas. She's in Colorado oh, or Vegas, oh, or maybe she okay. moved to Vegas yeah. or something. Anyway. Um, all right. Enough about Tierra. I, I, that was interesting, though. That he, she was a good character. I I would love for her to come back to Paradise. I'm sure be she's been approached. It's just I never. Oh, I'm sure I they never probably hear. just haven't offered her enough money for it. Yeah, I just never hear anything about her. It's weird. Um, so if she happens to listen to this, she yeah, Tierra, go on Paradise. Him. Let's tell them a hundred grand. She'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They'll, pay, they'll pay it. <laughs> they'll pay Tierra hundred grand to go on Paradise. No way. I bet they would. They wouldn't give her that much. That's crazy. They well, don't, maybe not. They now, don't even give the lead that much. Be- they don't even give the Bachelorette that much money. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, let's move on from Tierra. I want to talk about someone that was obviously a major focus of your season. Because she won, but while the show was airing, there wasn't, I mean, I had spoiled that Sean got engaged to Catherine two or three days after it happened. But while that show was airing, I was getting a lot of doubt because Catherine was just literally this background figure, like never, was never involved in any drama, was never, um, she didn't get her first one-on-one date until I believe Canada, like 
So it, hey, she wasn't drama with the other girls, but she was definitely drama with production. And I love her, and she's a sweet girl. So I don't want to like upset her for saying this, but there were times when we would hear her with production screaming outside. Now, what we're not really sure. I'm sure some of her girlfriends closer to her probably know, but she she's a hothead, and she'll tell you though. Like I'm not spoiling anything or ratting on her. She will tell you she. She was a hothead and she would tell me all the time, like, I have a hothead. And I think it was more her wanting um, time with Sean. And I think a lot of her time was so spent with production off camera that she didn't get a lot of. I've thought about that before, why she didn't get so much air time. And I think it's probably because she was off camera with production so much trying to (laughs) figure out the deal, you know, that's the first, okay. that's the first I've, I've heard of that, but yeah, she yeah. was just, I mean, I, 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 when I got the spoiler that Sean had picked her in the end, I knew 1000% it was right. Um, because of how I heard it, who told it to me and all this stuff. But when it was airing, it was one of the seasons where I was probably doubted the most because they're just like, Steve, she is like nowhere on this show. Like, they're yeah. not focusing on her. She doesn't get her one on one until good for them. I mean, yeah. if I were Catherine, I would want my love life, my love story aired, you know. Yeah. But I guess from the standpoint of television, it, that's good, right? If yeah. you have a hard time finding it, then yeah, if they were doubting it, and people, yeah. and then people as the show's going along is like, wow, is is he right this time? Because gosh, Catherine is just seems to be just in the background, and uh, yeah, obviously we all we all know they. He ended up picking her, and they married and have a child together. So no, I mean, good for I know. them. The one is so cute, too. Little Samuel, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so getting back to you, your second one-on-one you had was in St. Lucia. And okay. I, I, it's where you kind of really opened up. Part of that was because you had told Sean, I believe on the first night, that that you were adopted, and mm-hmm. I think his thing with you on that St. Lucia date was he he just felt like you weren't opening up enough. But then you finally got to a point where you did. You even jumped up on a chair and spread your arms out and told him you loved yeah, him or whatever. Yeah, Tom Cruise move. Yeah, your Tom Cruise move. Uh, so now the point about the adoption, was that something that you were planning on telling him at a certain point? Was it something you never really wanted brought up, but the emotions of the show kind of led you there? Like what brought you to get into that into more detail with Sean. Right. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, it's just such a big part of who I am and it's such a definition of me and, um, where my heart is and what I've been through. And so I think it is important for someone to know. And I knew that this was more like a speed dating type situation. And that's something that's important that, Again, it does define a little bit of who I am, and um, I think that that's something I wanted. I I guess I didn't really think about when was appropriate. If it felt right, I would just say it, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I did tell him the first night, and um, then in St. Lucia, I think because I hadn't really spent – any more one-on-one time, significant one-on-one time with him, that it was important to, um, you know, maybe dive into that. I, I really don't remember if I did or didn't, but I'm sure I did. I mean, I freaking stood on a chair and embarrassed myself. So, 
and, and the hometowns were next up, so you probably felt like you yeah. kind of had to. Like, hey, you're going to meet yeah. the people that raised but, me. I mean, all along, we had talked about meeting my family and me meeting his sister, and he had told me night one that his sister was looking into adoption, um, of which they've actually adopted several children. And, I mean, kudos yeah, too. So amazing. Um, and so I just felt connected to him in the sense of, we just had some of this similar background and things we were going through. And, um, and I think that weighed a lot for me and it, it carried my feelings on as far as similarities. And I didn't feel like we needed a lot of time because the foundation was there. And, um, and if I could make it to hometown, then he would get to see my friends and he would get to see my family and then he would know more about me and we'd have a lot more time one-on-one together. And if I could make it through that, I just felt like that was a big turning point. And, um, it was like your breakthrough on the show yeah, at St. Lucia yeah. date. Yeah. And so you do hometowns, you make it through that, you get to, uh, Thailand, you're in the final three with Lindsay and Catherine, you get to Thailand and you guys have your one-on-one date. There was a comment that you made. I, this one stuck out to me specifically because there was a comment that you made. I remember you getting kind of a lot of shit for it. You made a comment about your ring size. Oh yeah. (laughs) Explain what happened with that. Oh God. Well, I had made a joke in an interview about my ring. I'm like, I want da da da, you know, just trying to be funny. And of which, by the way, the show never aired any of my sense of humor or my playfulness. (laughs) And so that's actually one thing that irked me. And I thought, well, man, I had a lot of fun and joked and laughed and cut up. I mean, on my level of cutting up, like a little bit older girl thoughts, maybe. I don't know. But anyway. Um, I just wasn't corny. I guess that's what I'm saying. And Sean likes that corny kind of sense of humor. And I think that that's where he thought I probably wasn't all that funny is because I don't like corny. You know, I just like real jokes, I guess. But anyway, um, I think that uh, it was a joke I had made during an interview. And then when him and I were sitting there and we were shutting production down where, you know, him and I would go off by ourselves uh, one of the producers was like, Hey, tell him, tell him what you said in earlier. And I was like, what, you know, what, I, what did I say? He was like, Oh, you know about the, and the producer's like pointing at his finger. I'm like, Oh yeah. The fact that I want such and such, such, a, and I'm telling the joke and you know, of course, obviously it didn't go over well when you air it and you don't put any music in the background. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you get. And I was so embarrassed because I was like, uh, that was actually really funny. <laughs> but it didn't air but, funny. But we didn't see it. We didn't see it being funny. It aired as when like. Aired, I was laughing so hard. And I'm like, then I look at my phone and my social media. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm getting badgered for this. You know, <laughs> um, it was really funny. So when you were eliminated in Thailand, your thoughts at the time that Sean let you go, and this kind of bleeds into Women Tell All, because at the Women Tell All, you confronted Sean to his face, basically calling him a liar. And it goes back to something that he told you, that you said he told you when he left your room the morning after the overnight date. So explain that. So we had a nice time. We're both jet lag. I had the first date. I don't think they aired it that way, but I had the first one-on-one date 
and overnight, sorry. And so we're both really tired. We went to the hot tub or pool or whatever was there. And then basically went inside, talked and crashed. It was showered and crashed, like not together, but we individually <laughs> and just let me put that out there but yeah. before that starts to go viral. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ashley and Sean and shower. Um, <laughs> and so, um, so we, anyway, so the next morning we get up. And one of the producers comes in, she wakes us up, or I guess we were already awake and he gets up, he walks out of the room and she's, she comes and gets on the bench. She's like, how was it? And I was like, I, I don't know what it was in that moment, but it was this weird thing when he came back in the room, it was like, oh, huh. I felt a little something. Right. And so maybe he was telling me this to offset that or whatever it was, or maybe it was just like feeling sadness of leaving because we had had such a nice time and I didn't really want to. And the idea of, I really am falling for this guy and he's got two more of these to go through. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. That's, that's when it all became real. And, you know, um, anyway, so whenever we were leaving, he, we all three walk outside and the producer goes into her hotel room or, or, there, these two little houses together. She went into the other house to let us say bye. And he was hugging me by and he said, Hey, I just want you to know, don't worry about anything. There's nothing with the other girls. And I was like, okay, okay. You know, and he was just like, I can't wait to see you next time or something really sweet and left. So in anyone's mind that gives you confidence, right? Oh, well, yeah. As time was going on, as a woman, my intuition was just sucky. So I had to go the whole rest of that Thailand tr- time until rose ceremony, which was days. Because um, I think they take a they, day off. They take a day uh, off, and then he had yeah. Lindsay, and then day off, and then Catherine, and then rose right. Ceremony. So that's so a long time, four or five days. Not yeah. anything. And I remember being with my producer and just having like these terrible feelings. And at one point her and I were walking down this road in Thailand and I told her, I was like, if he proposes, I don't know if I would say yes, because I felt, why would I have to get engaged? Why can't we just date? Why can't we go home? You know, and why would I want to embarrass him if we just aren't sure? Why can't we just date? And I was asking her all these questions and Part of me has always wondered if that got back to everybody back in the home stretch yeah. group of people. Sure. And maybe that's why he didn't pick me. I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. And he made the right choice at the end. So but that has ran through my mind if that was um, maybe why he didn't. And so um, it was confusing, right? Because you really start to like someone. And then when he when he couldn't look at me up at the rose ceremony, I knew. And I was like, what's funny is the producer that was with me, her and I had pretended we had role played the fact that if he didn't call my name, what would we do? And she would play right along with me. She would do it. I would do it. And I think she was legitimately and still is to this day, one of my really good friends. And I don't think at this point she's not with the show anymore. She would have told me. And, um, she had no idea that he was going to do that. So, um, I had said, well, I would just walk off because he told me such and such and such. Right. So, um, it was already embedded in my head that that's what I would do. So whenever it came to walking up, I was like, that's what I would do. Cause it was, 
we had role played it so many times or joked about it, you know? So when he didn't call my name, I was like, wait a minute, you just told me days ago not to worry about it. And then I'm the one going home. I was like, okay, bye. And then you had to (laughs) sit on that for four months until the women tell all. And then that's what it was also. And, you know, we had talked about bachelorette and doing that. And I had gone in and talked to everybody about it. And I knew that that was a turning point of whether I would do bachelorette or not was how that meeting with Sean goes. Cause they wanted me to play nice. They really, really wanted me to, and they would tell me play nice. That's for bachelor or for bachelorette. And I just couldn't do it. You know, I just don't think my heart was in it. I had already talked to Chris Harrison and I had already asked him to, I'd already talked to him and said, you know, Hey, I don't want to do this. Can you find out what's going on? Can you help me get out of this? Like, I don't know what to do. And, um, I think whenever I had confronted Sean about what he had said, I think that solidified the fact that I was not going to be bachelor. They're like, this girl's a loose cannon. We cannot afford for her to be on our show. So that leads to my next question was, you know, bachelorette, you finished third. We know every bachelorette that there's ever been 13 bachelorettes. Now every bachelorette is a girl that finished, uh, in the top four of her season. So you finished third. That's a prime position. There's plenty of girls that have finished third that have been the bachelorette. So how close were you in talks? Um, were you going to be the bachelorette? And then that women tell all happened and they yanked it from you to go with Desiree. Is there anything about that negotiation that you could tell us about? Where were you in terms of being the bachelorette? You know, I mean, I had, I had a contract. I had seen it. I had read it. I knew what it was. We had discussed finances. So I think that they were probably just holding out until maybe women tell all or, you know, they always do it different every year. So I don't really know what, what the drawback was. Um, or maybe they were still interviewing Desiree or someone else for it. Um, I know Lindsay never wanted it cause she got home and got a boyfriend, which she's married and they have a baby too now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I know she never wanted it. So it was probably just between Desiree and I. Um, so I don't really know. I mean, once I decided it was kind of a no go for me, I didn't really care anymore. You know, I just felt as if why did was so why was it a no go for you? Why didn't you want to do it? It's a pretty cush gig. I mean, now I mean, looking back on it, it now, is. this was five years ago. I know you're happy and you're married, but oh, right, of course, and it is. And I think looking back, I wish I would have been. I wish I wouldn't have been so emotionally wrapped into it, and I could have done it from a business standpoint because I think that would have been brilliant for me. But I just couldn't do it because there is manipulation in it. And what if I got into this scenario and I'm pretty straightforward. If anyone knows anything about me, I don't shoot the bull. I don't fluff your feathers to make you feel good. Like I tell you straight how it is. What if I found the one from the very beginning and then I had to fake these guys along? I couldn't do that. And that how I felt with Sean just duped. Yeah. What if I would have, what if I accidentally, what if, I don't think Sean intentionally meant to hurt me. I don't at all. I don't think that's the kind of person he is. I think he was caught up in the moment and he said something and knowing that and knowing he was probably really innocent in what he said, what if I did that? What if I did that to a couple guys and then I'm going to look like this idiot in front of America yeah. telling this person I, how, my, how I feel about them in that moment and then tomorrow I'm going to tell another guy I couldn't do it. I could not wrap myself around it to do it. I couldn't. And 
I didn't like the feeling of feeling manipulated by production. And, and that they so, own you, basically. Yeah. So I just decided to go back to Paradise instead and get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, what, what, I don't know. I thought maybe enough time had gone by. To like, Yeah. Um, we'll get to Paradise in a second. But there is there is something that came up after your season of The Bachelorette, or after Sean's season of The Bachelor aired, that kind of continued on and off. And like we said, I'm going to preface this by saying you obviously are a very happily married, newly married woman right now. This is all stuff in the past, but because it was a story that I actually broke on my website, it's something I need to ask you about. So after Bachelor ended... There were tabloid stories out there, and there were reporters that had asked you in an interview about Chris Harrison, and you had made some pretty um, positive comments towards him and saying, like, yeah, I would – I think you even were quoted as saying, like, yeah, I would would go out with him or I would date him. And then you go and do your first – you go and do the first season of Bachelor in Paradise, and then when the NCAA Final Four was in Houston, I believe that was two years ago – it was reported to me. I was told that you were with Chris Harrison at a game. People had seen you out. And I was like, whoa. So once I got that information, I went to your Snapchat or yeah, yeah, I think it was your Snapchat. I went to your Snapchat. I immediately added you because I wasn't, I hadn't added you at that time. I immediately went to it and I saw that there was something going on in Houston. You were in a house. There were a bunch of people there. I heard Chris Harrison's voice in the background And I was like, okay, so I followed up with everything. I followed up with some sources and I was just like, yeah, Chris Harrison and Ashley Frazier went to the final four together in Houston. They did hang out at a bar afterwards. So for all those that are curious, and I know there are plenty of them out there, (laughs) set the record straight on whatever it is that you had going on with Chris Harrison. Well, wow, you have a lot of information. (laughs) Um, Snapchat and all. Um, Chris Harris and I are friends. Um, I think if I could really say anything, we probably did crush on each other. Um, did it ever go anywhere? No. Um, we uh, did hang out during final four. Um, he had an extra ticket. He knew I was from Houston. So, uh, that's kind of how that played out. Mm -hmm. Um, but, I mean, you know, the thing is, Chris is a good-looking guy. He's older. He's closer to my age. Um, yeah. I think I do remember that interview, actually. And it was more like, well, duh. I mean, who wouldn't go out with him? He's a good-looking guy. He's really smart. He's hilarious. And this is one of the biggest questions I get all the time. Um, what is Chris Harrison really like? And I tell everybody, he's really funny. He's a good Texas boy. And, um, you know, I mean – so, it is what so it is. You dated and, for a little bit. Is that, is, can you call it that? I mean, I mean, I, don't what? Know. I just think we just like spending time together and we were friends okay. and didn't ever go anywhere. Um, you know, I was coming, just coming off the show. And so I don't think, um, you know, you can really take too much serious at that point, you know, I mean, but is he a great guy and is he someone that is a great catch? Absolutely. He is a great catch and we've become really good friends throughout the years and that's kind of it. I mean, we're just really good friends. So here's, here's one of the weird things about all this and and everything you laid out makes kind of, it kind of makes sense to me as to why 
you were attracted to him and and why you guys spent time together. Because when Bachelor in Paradise happens, your storyline on Bachelor in Paradise was, you know, you and Graham. You guys had a thing from the beginning, uh, and, and then you didn't. And and knowing that Chris Harrison was a guy that you had seen, yet he's hosting this show where you and Graham have to decide on a relationship, like did that ever conflict? Like, did he ever pull you aside and be like, Hey, don't go after Graham. What about us? like, seriously, like, was no, he, he's was very he... professional. He would never do something like that to okay. anybody. He okay. would never, even if he did, he would, he, I'm sh- Chris would never do that to anybody. Um, this is, that's his job, you know? So um, he never had any influence on anything on paradise in regards to you no. and your relationship no. with Graham. No. Okay. And in fact, we hung out and would, talk and chat, but everyone did, you know, there's, there's a lot more freedom to hang out with him and chat with him when he's around during that time. Yeah. More than there is during bachelor bachelorette. Okay. Um, But we had already established our friendship and you know, it, we were friends and so nothing was awkward, you know? Okay. I just didn't know if he, you know, they would never show it. I just didn't know if behind the scenes, maybe he was, nudging yeah. you in a certain direction, but it's right. good to know that he didn't. Cause that would kind of really change things that what Can you imagine <laughs> yeah, what we, hilarious. what we saw on paradise. And that was the whole thing between you and Graham. And I remember, you know, that was pretty heated. I mean, you guys were from the get go of that season pretty close. Like you guys were the ones that coupled up almost yeah. immediately. You spent all your time with him. The only dates you went on uh, were with him. So when that ended on paradise, first off, I want your thoughts on your feelings of the ending of you and Graham on paradise. And then secondly, what happened after the fact, did you guys try and date outside the show, even though you had quote unquote broken up on it, explain exactly what went down with Graham in Tulum and then subsequently afterwards. Yeah. Fair. Um, So basically, you know, production had called and they wanted me to go on this new spinoff show. And basically it was about love and dating. And they would ask me constantly, who are you interested in, in the bachelor nation? I'm like, nobody, I didn't, I didn't have anybody, but I had known that Graham and I talked back and forth on social media and, and, um, followed each other. And so we would chat, DM each other and, um, I don't know if we had each other's phone number. I can't remember at that point. Um, but I know we had talked and, um, and so, and everyone says great things about Graham. So I was like, well, if there's anyone, I guess Graham would be my, my person. And so I guess knowing that and them wanting to get me on there, they probably brought him in. So day one, we get there, everyone introduces themselves Graham's the last one I say hi to. He says, hey, let's go get a drink. Can I get you a drink? And I said, yeah. So we went up to the bar and he was like, I'm basically something along the lines of like, oh, you know, I came here to meet you in person or something like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, me too. And so it was kind of just said and done and that was it. Right. So I didn't really have anything for anybody else coming in, although there were some cute guys coming in and it bachelor is really weird. I mean, the whole premise is, and they flat told me 
if you have a date or a rose that day, you get to stay. Well, who doesn't want to stay? Right. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, I got to kind of keep this going. And I did like him. Were there things that were awkward or weird? Yeah. You know, but I tried to push that to the side and not let it bother me. And I just keep moving forward. And, um, but you know, I mean, it's, it's more of a pride thing, to be honest with you, Steve, it's, it's, it's embarrassing to be dumped on national television twice, you know, I mean, how does Nick go back for it so many times? I'm like, I could, I just, finally at the end, I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to be slapped in the face anymore, you know? And, um, I can't remember who ended it between you and Graham or was it mutual? Okay. Oh, well, I mean, I, I understood and I wasn't mad at him and I don't want to say I didn't care, but it was okay. But what made me cry was the embarrassment. That's what got me. Cause I'm like, wow, this is so embarrassing. You know, like Graham, he's nothing like who I date back home. I mean, he's just night and day different and not that I date better or that he's better or that anyone's better. It's just different. And Um, I thought, well, this guy's dumping me like this is just weird, like how embarrassing, you know, and so. um, Did did anything happen post show once you left Tulum? Well, oh, that's a good question. Um, Sort of, kind of. I mean, I so there was an award show and that was the first time I had seen him after after the show. And we had talked a few times as far as I can remember. Don't quote me on that. Um, pretty sure we had talked a few times and seemed like everything was okay between us. And I'd seen him at the show at the awards show. And I want to say Michelle money or one of the girls came up to me and assumed that him and I would get together. And I'm like, no, Like he dumped me on TV if he wants to get back with me. And they were saying something about him liking me and wanting to get back with me. And I was wanting not get back with me, but more so see where things would go or maybe that he was just interested still. And I kind of just had to shut that down because you can't embarrass me on TV and then get in real life and think I'm going to go fall for that again. You know, like if you can't hold it together on TV, you can't hold it together in real life when there are no cameras. So. I kind of shut that conversation down in the bathroom and um, I started seeing someone else pretty soon after that. And um, he had sent me a message and basically it just said something along the lines of he just wished I would have given it more time and he didn't expect me to date so quickly after. I'm like, wait a minute, why do you care if you dumped me? On national television, what does it matter, you know? And um, and then I ran into him. Oh, I'd come to L.A. Sorry, I'm trying to I'm remembering this as I'm telling the story. I'd come to L.A. and I didn't message him. And I guess that bothered him. And so that's when he sent me a message and said um, something along the lines of you come into town and you don't even say hi to me or, or, you know, you don't call me and let me know you're in town and you know you moved on so fast kind of thing and um I ran into him we hugged we said hi 
And then I actually, when I moved to LA, I saw him one night out and he was boozing it up with his buddies and I was dead sober. And, um, he was, you know, all, you know, grand bun as he can be. And just Ashley, Oh my God. Hi, how are you? Hug, hug, hug. Oh, let me introduce you to my friends. And, uh, I was like, hey, you know, I live here now. And he's like, yeah, I know, I know. I, I follow you. I've been keeping up with you. And I'm like, remember that scene in, in Paradise when we were on our date? And it was the funniest thing whenever I said, oh, yeah, I follow you on social media. Oh, yeah. And right then they put in the the uh, the lightning or the thunder yeah. <laughs> in his face. <laughs> I remember that now. So good. So good. Um, so nothing, nothing came about moments. I'm like, wait a minute, who follows who now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing, so nothing came of it. There are no hard feelings. Obviously you moved on no, and he's moved on. Enough. He's done a good job with his radio career. And yeah, I, I really don't know, to be honest. I mean, I'm not trying to be mean, but I really don't know. Um, yeah. Um, but I mean, if I see any, anybody, I mean, there's no hard feelings. It, you go into this thing and you know what you're signing up for. You know what, what the deal is. And if you hold resentment and you hold bitterness, then that doesn't show very strong maturity because there's thousands. How many cast members are there? I mean, almost a thousand now. Yeah. I think you they're just in the get 900s. Over, yeah. You know, you get over it. Okay. So I know we, we, there's two more things that we need to talk about on this podcast. Uh, I want to talk about currently what's going on in your life, your marriage, uh, your husband, everything going on with that. And then we've got rapid 10 to wrap it up where I ask 10 random questions. I remember, I know that you said you might be, uh, short on time here. How much are we good to go for another? Okay. We're good. All right. So talk about right now, um, as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you are, it is your one month anniversary. Yeah, I know. Today, you married your husband, Aaron. Uh, tell us how you guys met and how that all came about. Yeah. So Aaron and I have known each other for about 13 years. Oh, we met wow. many, many years ago. I know. Isn't that crazy? Took us a while to get it together. Um, we met, we liked each other. We crushed on each other all back those many, many years ago. And um, he lived what we in Houston call outside the loop. He lived in the suburbs and I lived inside the loop. And so that for me at that age, you know, being so young and very mature as I was, I couldn't handle that. And so I guess it just didn't ever take off. But anytime we would come into town, we would hang out. And I just thought he was just the cutest guy ever. And he was so sweet. Um, uh, But it just never took off. Right. And so, um, we were just running to each other and chat here and there. And then before I moved to LA, we actually dated for four months or so. And, um, I'd gone to Bali and realized I wanted to see what it was like to live in LA. And so I moved and he completely supported it. Um, he did ask me to be his girlfriend before I left, but I was like, well, I'm moving. And so I don't know. And, um, so you guys didn't of, do the long distance thing. No, we didn't. Okay. We did not. And he kind of let me be a free bird. And I went and realized that there are no decent guys in LA and <laughs> I tailed it right back to Texas, right back to what potentially 
you know, the best decision I could have ever made. And um, I came back, I, I called him, I talked to him on my journey back. I had just lost my grandma and uh, I decided to kind of channel through and through my grandma. And I, I just decided one day I didn't like LA, packed up my uh, U-Haul truck and left and, and drove it back all by myself. And just the something my grandma would have done. And it's kind of really neat how it all worked out because I called him and I was like, okay, well, if he answers the phone, he doesn't have a girlfriend because he's really loyal. He's very tried and true. And so I, I didn't have the nerve to call. So I messaged him and he messaged me back. And so we started talking and then I called him and I was like, all right, God, well, if he answers, then that means he's not seeing anyone. And he answered and um, found out he wasn't seeing anyone. And by the time I got to Houston, he was at my house and we've been together ever since. And he wow. just basically said, I'm not going to let you go again. Like, don't leave me. I want you here. And because um, I really wasn't sure if I wanted to stay in town. And um, and man, he kept his word, didn't he? <laughs> wow, that's great. I mean, yeah. did when you were in L.A., did you basically cut off all contact with him like he had no inkling that you were thinking of coming back like you called him that yep. day when you left and hoping you'd I mean pick up. we had talked here and there um just checked in but, but he had no idea you wanted to come back no okay no I I because he really didn't know either you know it just was one of those things I woke up one day and was like I do not like it here I've got to get back to my roots and um or to something that feels more stable so, yeah, no, he didn't know. And so the rest is history. So what's Aaron's take on the show and you being on it? Um, being on it, Did he follow you while you went through this whole thing with Sean and Paradise? Yeah. Or he has no clue about I mean, oh, He obviously knows Aaron, you were on it. but Aaron's a businessman. He doesn't have time for this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he does not have time. This is not his job. This is not his forte. He just, I mean, he listens and he laughs or he pokes fun at or, you know, enjoys the sense of humor and, enjoys it when people recognize him from being with me out in public. You know, he does get that from time to time and that's really cute. And he's like, man, it feels so weird. People, strangers coming up to you, you know, and, um, but no, he doesn't have time for this stuff. This is not, I, I don't, I can't even get him to watch the show with me, you know? So, oh, wow. okay. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to get him into it because it's really funny. You know, a lot of my girlfriend's husband's, you would think being doctors and lawyers and they wouldn't watch it, but no, they're all into it and he needs conversation pieces with them. So one, like, you got to watch this. <laughs> one thing I wanted to point out that I noticed, I saw this on your Instagram and I thought this was really cool on your wedding day. You and Aaron did not ask for wedding gifts. You wanted all your gifts donated to the Methodist children's home. Can you explain the thought process behind that and what Methodist Children's Home is and what it means to you? Right. Um, so Children's Methodist Home is the company that my adoption went through. And when Aaron and I were dating and talking about a future together, I thought, well, you know, wouldn't that be cool if and when we do get married, if we ask for donations to charity. And the second I brought it up, he jumped on it and thought that that was such a good idea. And that was one thing that we wanted to do whenever we got married was to, I mean, we are blessed beyond our means. And 
um, we have everything. If we need something, we can go get it. And I think it's just better to have people donate to something more worthy of the money and, or more in need of the money. And so, um, we just asked in lieu of registry that people donate to Methodist children's home. And, um, we've raised a little over $5,000 from what I understand so far. And, um, yeah, so that's really exciting. I mean, I know that, uh, we're going to keep the donations going as long as, as long as they're coming in, we're going to keep it open. Um, but yeah, it's just something that we wanted to do because we've been fortunate and, um, have the finances to be able to get what we need. And so we wanted people to donate to a cause. Now we brought it up. We brought it up earlier. We talked about the fact that you were adopted and, was the Children's Methodist Home a place where you lived, where you, before your parents took you in and adopted you? Explain that whole situation. What it is. Yeah. yeah. So Methodist Children's Home is, uh, they do have an orphanage, but I wasn't a part of that. Um, okay. Yeah. So what happened was, from what I understand, is my biological mom had three children and couldn't take care of us. And there was this Methodist children's home facility um, or service. And she called them up and said, I have children. I can't take care of them. I need to put them in foster home. And that's when Bruce and Deborah had also signed up to become foster parents. And so I was placed into their home amongst other foster homes. And as we all know from the show, um, and for those that don't know, Um, I went from foster home to foster home from the age of three to six, and I was adopted at the age of six. And so what the money does is it helps facilitate that and um, helps provide an income for those people that do foster these children, as well as the orphanage um, that they have there. I believe it's in Waco. Um, It helps provide food and school and clothing for the children that are, that stay there on, on, on the property. So, um, that's kind of how that works. Um, yeah. I didn't know, I did not know that you had siblings. Are you in touch with them? Yes. So, um, I have an older brother who's four years older than me and I have a sister that's a year younger than me, and my sister and I are as tight as they come. We talk, I mean, 10, 12 times a day. We message. We see each other. She was here yesterday at my house. Where, where do they uh, live? Where do the brother and sister live? Are they both in the area? Yeah, they're they're in the Houston area. But they were obviously adopted out to? Sev- different homes. Oh, uh, Sev- different homes. So, but you, But once they... Once you got adopted by Bruce and Deborah, you, your adopted parents' names. Yes. Yeah. So once you, who was adopted out first, and did you lose contact with them for a while, and then got oh. back in touch, or ever since you were adopted, you always had them in your life? So being that Michelle was the youngest, people tend to lean towards that direction, and they want to adopt babies and yeah, young ones first, and so she was adopted first. And since I was in foster home with Bruce and Deborah, and I would go to my biological dad, then I would go to other foster homes. And then sometimes I would stay with Michelle and her parents. And um, 
so it, you know, Bruce and Deborah really wanted to adopt me so they would fight my, the, the system basically to keep me and realize that my biological father was an unfit father and couldn't handle it. And, you know, the court system really fights for the parents to have their children yeah. as they should, but he just, you know, had drug issues and drinking issues and, you know, couldn't maintain anything full time, which was kind of the rule for him. Um, he either had to work full time, school full time or half and half. And he just couldn't do that because of his drug issues. And so Bruce and Deborah ended up getting me. Um, and I'm not sure when in the whole scenario of my sister and I being becoming adopted that Eric was adopted, but he was also adopted from another family, but he lived in the orphanage from what I understand. He lived there for a while. I think it was an all boys mm, okay. orphanage or something like that. So, um, so that's kind of the way I, I, I know it. But, it but growing up, they were part, they were your siblings and you saw yes. them a lot. Okay. Yes. That's, uh, what I, that's what I was unaware of. Okay. Yeah. So we would see each other birthdays, holidays, but it was a healthy thing that my parents did. You know, they felt like, you know, this is your new home. They didn't want to keep me away from her. You know, they wanted me to know her and know she's part of my life. And you can't take a six year old away from its sibling and not have questions throughout its life. It, it knows. Right. Oh, so, oh, yeah. Yeah. So they they we would see each other on holidays and birthdays. But other than that, it was this is their life, that's his life, and then this is your home, and this is your family. And it creates a stability, and it doesn't allow for too much of while you're growing up in your immaturity age to question beyond your means. And once I got older and I was able to handle certain subjects and topics, my parents would talk to me and explain certain rules or certain guidelines or why I couldn't see my dad or why you know, all these things because I was at a mature age to understand that. Um, so well, yeah. that's a, that's a fascinating story. And, and uh, I know you, you told it on the, I know you told it on the show, <laughs> but, but then that's more in depth. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what everybody always asks when they, uh, you know, no, that's amazing that you made it through all that. I mean, that's yeah. not easy. And to come out the way you did, I mean, that's, that's outstanding. I mean, I really, well, I give all the credit to obviously being a Christian and my father. I mean, my father was my rock. I mean, he did things the right way and I don't know how he was able to handle the right. How does he know that that was the right way for me? And it's like, he knew who I was and what I needed as a child, which was stability and understanding and love. And if you don't have, I guess for me in particular, if I didn't have that, I probably would have been a little wild or crazy. And he was able to like keep me toned down and to give me strength within my family and um, stability. And so I give a lot of credit to him for knowing how to handle that. It's such a, that's a tough situation, you know, for an adult to take this child in, you know. Oh, that's great. I mean, that's. That, that knew her biological life. Yeah, that that is, I mean, it's a great story, and I don't know if you um, listened to when I had Michelle Money on the first time, but Michelle talked about how, you know, when she was 15, she, I mean, this came out on her uh, season of couples therapy that she did with Cody, but when Michelle was 16 years old, she gave up a child for adoption, and she just wow. reconnected with him at the age of 19. Wow. She's been following him, like, from a distance, like, she knew who he was and all this stuff, but when she came out with it on couples therapy, 
The family reached out. They've made connections. And now she has a relationship with the son she gave up oh, at 16. Incredible. It's really cool. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Uh-huh. And, uh, so to the boy's family for allowing, you know, because there's a healing process in that I'm sure for Michelle. Oh yeah. And basically it, she has the show to thank for because if she never was on Brad season, then never did pad and never did bachelor in paradise. Like the other, the family of this child, that's what kind of set everything off and it turned it, the wheels came in motion and then now she's got a relationship with her. Wow. Incredible. Really cool. Yeah, so let's I love that. let's end this, lighten it up a little bit. Um, that was some heavy stuff, but I really appreciate <laughs> you going into that. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, so it's called the Rapid Ten. I just have ten random questions for you. Some of the answers will be really quick. Some of them might have okay. to give a little thought to. But uh, okay. this game show is sweeping America. I'm telling you, I'm everybody. Squinting, I'm everybody squinting my it. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah okay. So. Number one. Question number one. Uh, you obviously recently married, as we know. I know yeah. we're a month in, but what's one thing you wish someone had told you about marriage that you didn't realize Ooh. until it happened? Oh, 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 oh. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's really hard because it's so new, and we're yeah. like, in, you haven't in had a lot of bad little, stuff happen. Love, probably, love, but. la la land. Yeah. Um, boys are dirty. Boys are just dirty. Boys <laughs> are just dirty. Yeah. I mean. That's it. I, I didn't know. I mean, although he's a really clean, organized person, boys are just stinky and dirty. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. And then when you yeah, live with sorry. them. <laughs> okay. Um, question number two. You have modeled a ton of outfits on your Instagram account in your blog. Uh, if you had to choose one go-to outfit, like one you always feel most comfortable in head to toe, what would it be? Easy one. I love black pants, a black James purse, uh, probably framed denim, uh, holes in the knees, black tank top by James purse. And man, may it live forever. The plaid around the waist with some real cute little sandals, probably some Chanel sandals or something really cute like that. And then if I was going out throwing heels, but man, may that outfit live on forever. I love it. Okay, good. Um, question number three, what was the last movie you cried at? The last movie I cried at. Oh gosh. Oh, oh, oh. you know, can I, does it have to be a movie? Can I say a show? I was going to say it doesn't have to be a movie. It could be a show. Okay. I watched, keeping up with the Kardashians and I bawled my eyes out when Kim walked. I'm not lying. I bawled my eyes out when she came in. She was in the elevator with Kanye and she was like, I don't want the kids to know. And she came in and she just put on mommy bear like pants and went in and just, Oh, I bawled my eyes out. Cause I'm just like, I can't imagine what that must be feel like well, I don't what wait I don't watch keeping up what what did she do oh, so I don't watch she, the show. she went in basically it was the first time she was seeing her kids after the Paris robbery. oh okay it was after okay I didn't know what yeah time frame sorry, you were talking about there, just talking about the moment but yeah gotcha. I cried at that because I thought oh my gosh she's such a good mom you know and what that fear must be like deep down inside and and you know so anyway yeah I cried at that that was a couple days ago actually gotcha um question number four when you first went on The Bachelor, what was the one thing that you were most surprised at? Could have been something, the girls, production, the mansion, whatever. What was the one thing you were most surprised you at? You know, the mansion is really small. 
it's not this big giant mansion that you would think it is. It's really small. Um, yeah, well, it's I like seven really thousand sur- square feet. It's mommy, probably more cramped. Okay, than well, I'm consumer. sorry. <laughs> I mean, sorry. I mean, I just thought it was going to be much bigger than that. Okay. You know, yeah. you see it on TV and you think this. Um, you know, I don't think I could have ever really been prepared for any sort of negative crap that goes on 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 social media. I mean, by now I have thick skin about it, but man, that beat me down. Yeah. After the show, yeah, I don't think you can ever really be prepared for that. But those are kind of two. Every two. yeah, every guest that I've had on, every former contestant like has that. said, you can't prepare. You can think you have thick skin or whatever, but you can't prepare yeah, you for don't. what's yeah. coming on social media once you get on the yeah. show. Question number five, one thing about adoption that you think people don't know or understand? Um, yeah, that's a good one. Um, that they don't know. You know, I mean, I think people, for the most part, forget that there's domestic children here in America that need adoption and celebrities have made it so famous and so popular to adopt outside of America. Um, when there's a lot of children here in our backyard that need to be adopted. And I think that that's not that there's anything wrong with adopting outside. I just think people tend to forget that they're right here too. You know, and is it cheaper? Um, is it cheaper overseas? Is that why they're doing it, or is it more expensive overseas? I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know the answer to that. It's probably I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I th- it's a it's a harder process, that's for sure. Okay. Outside of the country, yeah, and I think it depends on the agency too. You know. Yeah, that would make sense. And what was the second part to that question? No, that was it. I just wanted to know one thing about adoption that people didn't okay. understand. Um, yeah. Question number six. Is there a movie or TV character that you most relate to or was, is your favorite? I love Charlotte on sex in the city. I know it's cliche, but I really, <laughs> I loved her. Oh, but the sex up, in the city it, one. Okay. I know. I know. <laughs> I just really, I loved her fashion. I loved her clean cut attitude. Um, I loved her little prudeness. I just, I don't know. I like that. You know what? Now that you say Charlotte, I can, yeah, I can see it. I, I, I yeah. totally see why you like her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, growing up has to be baby from Dirty Dancing. I always wanted to be her. Wow. I just thought she broke the rules, but yeah, she was so innocent. She didn't do anything wrong. Um, she you, was just trying to help the girl out with the abortion. Like, I don't know. I, I wanted to be her and may kids live on forever too. Do you know that? ABC is yes. rebooting I Dirty did. Dancing with um, yeah. oh, who's playing? Who's playing? Baby, it's um oh, what's her name? Oh, it's escaping yeah, me. It's going it? to drive what's me not Deco- not Dakota, f- not Dakota Fanning. All right, I got to pull my phone out for this because it's yeah, going to drive yeah, yeah, me yeah, absolutely nuts. Yeah. Dan- I forget uh, who's doing it too. I shouldn't know this. Dirty Dancing uh, remake. Oh gosh, who L? Is it L Fanning? Is it, no, wait. Yeah. Um. Dirty Dancing TV movie. Oh. I just saw the interview, her doing a press tour on it. I know. Oh, gosh. Dirty Dancing cast updated list. Okay, let's see if this site has it. Oh, Abigail Breslin is playing Baby. Abigail Colt Pratt is playing Johnny. 
Deborah Messing. Oh, I didn't know that. She's playing Marjorie. Yeah, Houseman. that's going to be the mom, right? Yeah. No, no, no. She's the. She is the Marjorie what, Houseman. Yeah, she's the one that Johnny had. She. No, no, no. She's playing babies. It says indeed been signed to play baby's devoted mother and meticulous. So she's a Houseman. Yeah, no, she's she's playing baby's mother. Deborah uh, Deborah Messing. Oh, then um, Peg Bundy. Is she in that? Is she the one playing the... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second. No, okay, now I, don't I'm just... I don't know. I don't know. No, no, no. no look, no, look. I'm going over this cast list right now. I had no idea. Okay, Nicole Scherzinger from the Pussycat Dolls is playing Penny. Didn't know that. Oh, that's so good. I love her. Um, The girl from Modern Family, the oldest daughter in Modern Family, Sarah Hyland. Yeah. She's playing Baby's older sister. Oh, that's good. Billy D. Oh my gosh. Billy D. Williams? Billy D. Williams is in this? He's playing Tito? <laughs> Who's Tito? The bartender? Oh, the band leader yes. named Tito. Okay. I've recruited another onto the Dirty Dancing oh. phenomenon. Okay. J Lo's old little boy toy, her little member J Lo's before oh, she started dating A Rod. Yeah. Well, he's he's playing the role of Billy, who is Johnny's cousin. Okay. Yeah, okay. Wow, that's a big role. Is he even an actor? He's not an actor, at least. I mean, she's he's been in dance stuff. Ugh, you better not ruin this. And you were right about Peg Bundy. Katie Seagal is playing Vivian, who is... Who's Vivian? Former beauty queen. Yeah, uh, she's the one. She, ha- she has a husband there, and Johnny's... Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's, um, that's, that's which, main by cast. The way, it's mainly the she, cast. She, right Seagal, has a book coming out, and I'm dying to read it. It's like Grace Notes or something, and... I hear it's like really, 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 really good. So if people like to read, I hear that that's a really good read. And I need to go get that book now that we're talking about it. I'm impressed that you knew that Peggy Bundy was in uh, the Dirty Dancing reboot. How about Uh, that? (laughs) I'm a fan of hers. I'm a big fan of hers. Okay, question number seven. What is your worst habit? (laughs) I have lots of them. (laughs) All right. I have I have my ways of doing things. Like I get up on a routine. I go to bed on a routine. I eat certain ways. Um, I'm very, very, very structured. Um, my worst habit is I probably probably just my routine. I mean, I don't like my routine to be shuffled. I don't like it to be out of whack. I go to the gym at the same time every day. I come, I go to the grocery store. I go to the mall at certain times. Like I just, I have my little very, very structured, very OCD. Gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. Question number eight: What is your biggest relationship pet peeve? Oh, um, biggest relationship pet peeve. Being late, I think it's so rude. I, I think it is so rude. Oh, geez. Tell me I don't about like it. that. Aaron um, has never been late. He has always been on time. And but I think he know he knows me, so he knows that that's not something I like. So he's always he he's a pleaser. So he wants to make me happy. So he's really really good at it. And he's good with me and keeping me on time which I can really appreciate. Like at this point, I'm already kind of getting used to him saying, okay, well we have 15 minutes and he's like my little alarm clock. Love it. I am 1000% behind you on that being your relationship pet peeve because it pretty much ended among other things, my last relationship and Uh what I dealt with uh, in terms of that. And um, 
yeah, I'll answer my own question. And that is, Steve, it is so oh, rude. It, it is, is so. And they, rude. the thing is, the thing is, what makes it worse is when the person is late constantly. And I'm not talking five minutes. I'm talking late, 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 and constantly late. Meaning they just don't care about your time. They yeah. it's completely disrespectful. And when they don't see it, it's just wow. That's a that's a huge red flag. It would it it's drove so me up a wall, and it ended. My I get last caught in this place of like, okay, it's been fifteen minutes. I've already waited this long, and then it'll be thirty minutes, and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Do I? Well, I've waited thirty minutes. Do I leave? Do I go? Do I stay? Do I call? What do I do? And then yeah. I'm like stuck forty five minutes later, waiting on someone somewhere somehow, phone call, appointment, whatever it is. And you're like, well, I've already invested this time. I'm going to leave now and they're going to show up in five minutes or they're going to call in five minutes. You know, it is the worst. It gives well, me so much anxiety. One yeah. of the other ones is, you know, when I'm with her or when I was with her uh-huh. and it's like, we have to, you know, hey, let's, we're going out tonight. I want to leave at 730. Okay. If you know it takes you, let's just use an hour, for example. If you know yeah. it takes you an hour as a female to get ready. And I say, let's leave at 7.30 tonight. And you don't start getting ready till 6.50? Well, you're automatically, we're going to be late. Like, how how you can't back time things, I don't get. Like, it drove me up a freaking wall. And I just... Have you ever ever just left? No. I probably should have to prove a point, but I never did. Yeah, that's really hard to do. I don't think I could do that. I just stewed about it and and turned it into an argument, you know? (laughs) But yeah, it's just, that is like, okay... Why aren't you getting ready if you know it takes you an hour and we have to leave at 7.30? Back time yourself. And you know what? It wouldn't kill you to start getting ready at 6.15 either because then that means yeah. you'll be ready at 7.15 to 7.30 yeah. and, and we then might even be early for something. Whatever. Exactly. Are you, are you able to get over it though? Like once you get there, are you over it or does uh, it just- It depends on the situation. It depends yeah. on the situation. And um, the thing with the ex is it was constant and it was just, it sucked and it, it drove me nuts and she knew it drove me nuts and I don't know why she never fixed it, but that's why she's an ex apparently. Yeah, so, well, um, yeah. uh, question number nine, only got two left. Question number nine, uh, you are a huge workout girl. I've seen your snaps. You kill it yeah. in the gym. I know you're with a trainer and I've seen a lot of your workouts on Snapchat. What is the one exercise that absolutely kicks your ass that you hate doing? I can't really say I hate hate anything but the best and worst are pull-ups i i have a love-hate relationship with them they're really hard to do for a girl yeah um yeah that's really hard and shout out to brandon brandon is so positive and always gets me going hence why i'm still doing it to this day um Oh, which by the way, can I just do a really cool shout out about something that I'm super stoked about? Yeah. So Brandon has created this pre-game. That's the name of it. And what it is, is it's, it's, you take it before you go out to drink and you don't get a hangover. And it's a, it's like a little shot that you take, kind of like a five hour energy, but not. No, it's not. It's powder. You put it in your bottle and you drink the water. Oh, okay. It's a powder drink. I mean, it's called pregame. It's called pregame. Um, I think we're going to try to get it on Amazon, but I say we because I get to listen to all the background stories of how all this works. So I feel totally invested in this. <laughs> um, but I'm so excited about this. Interesting. Really, really, yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, um, pull probably ups. pull ups. Yeah. That would be it. Yeah. They're tough. 
They're really hard. Even assisted pull-ups are tough after a while. I know. Just you know, sometimes I can do three. Sometimes I have a struggle with three. Sometimes I can do 10. It's the weirdest thing how my body can – sometimes I'm motivated to do it, I guess, and sometimes I'm not. I don't know. It's yeah. weird. So the 10th question on Rapid 10 is always – something called explain your tweet where I rummage through your Twitter account and I find something that you said and I have you explain your tweet. However, your Twitter account, there's not a lot on there. That's very vague. It's very (laughs) direct and straightforward. So I did find something that you don't need to it. Well, here it is. Um, in on December 14th of 2016, you tweeted, I want a new series to binge watch. What do you recommend? Mm. So you don't need to explain it, but tell me, back in December, what people were requesting and what you ended up binge watching? Oh, um, some of it was some old school stuff. Gossip Girl was on there. I did binge that. The whole se- um, the whole series? You watch Gossip Girl? Uh, wait, no, not Gossip Girl. Revenge. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, Revenge. Re- okay. Um, another one was uh, Prison Break, which I have a friend that's in that show. Um, so of course I've seen that. Um, what were some other good ones? Um, you know, kind of those series with the werewolves and the vampires. I don't get into any of that. So that doesn't fly with me. Um, house of cards was a big one. People love that. And so do I, I I love that show. Um, what else? Yeah, that that was some. There's some good ones in that. I've I've seen a lot that's out there though. Now that we're married, Aaron and I are trying to get into new series. So, if anyone wants to tweet me with <laughs> ones, well, that's what married couples do. They watch television shows together. That's what I've I found out. Um, but Aaron and I have friends. such different taste. I'm I'm curious to see how this works because he's not into the Kardashians. He's not in the Bachelor. He loves science. He loves um, sci-fi stuff. And I just hmm. I can't focus on that it's just not there's no love i need the love <laughs> you want so okay i see what you're what you're going for so oh that's interesting it's interesting to see if you guys are going to find a i know a common ground on a show to binge watch together but yeah, yeah. um we do love ray donovan we are in that okay. together. we are in. we did that whole series together while we were dating okay well congratulations you've completed the <laughs> rapid 10 and <laughs> You have completed this interview. I mean, actually, I, I know that we were worried about, were we going to have enough material to talk about? Well, we're an hour and a half <laughs> in, so you are right on par with all the other contestants. I really, Hopefully it wasn't too boring of an interviewer. No, you were great. Um, and Thanks. as I tell all my listeners, people that want to respond to the interview, I will include your Twitter handle and people like, uh, so you see what they say uh, about the interview because there's really no other way to... To oh, get fine. people's okay. reaction. So when I tweet it out and um, post it on, on Thursday, uh, I will include your Twitter account and people will respond to that and you'll be able to see uh, the reaction. Okay. So uh, I appreciate you coming on. It was a great talk with you. Uh, sorry it took us, you know, we've been every Tuesday for the last two weeks. I'm like, sorry, right. got re- to postpone, got to reschedule. Yeah, and you've been okay. really cool about it. So I appreciate it. And Thank you so much for coming on, Ashley. I yeah, really appreciate it. It was, it was great talking with you. All right. This and was- we will uh, we will be in touch. All right. Take Talk care. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay. Bye. Again, thanks to Ashley for that conversation. That was a lot of fun. Some stuff in there that I had no idea that 
she was going to talk about. And I thought the women tell all stuff was great. Her story about Sean after the first date and what she told the producer and the clarification on what was going on with Chris Harrison. Because as I reported it back uh, when this happened, I said, hey, these two are seeing each other and spending time together. I mean, you take somebody to the final four. Uh, that's a kind of a kind of a big deal. And then you go out afterwards and people see you out and you're hanging out. Um, yeah, so I appreciated her addressing that. And uh, congratulations to her. I thought her her upbringing story was, I mean, you just, we don't get stuff like that. And, you know, I guess someone like Christina on Nick's season would probably have a, a, an equally sad upbringing story as well. We heard her tell it on the show. Maybe one of these days we'll get Christina on the podcast and uh, can tell stuff like that. But uh, just to to hear where Ashley came from and to know that she went through all that and has come out uh, the way she has, I mean, that's all props to her and congratulations to her on that. So that'll wrap it up for podcast number 22. Again, thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe and rate and review in iTunes. That's very helpful to me. Um, don't know who the next week's podcast guest is, but uh, – I'm sure we'll have one as we do every Thursday. So until next week, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, listening, subscribing, rating, reviewing, all that stuff. Again, thank you very much. We're approaching 2 million downloads since December 5th when we first started. It's kind of blown my mind, and uh, we're going to get ramped up. We got so, I've got a lot of good guests already lined up uh, for when Rachel's season starts, and I'll be telling you about that in upcoming weeks. So thanks again for listening. I appreciate it. And until next week, we'll talk to you later. See you.